This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. There are 14 mountains that are over 8,000 meters in the world. So we don't use meters, but that's uh, how I'm going to talk to you about them today. 14 in the world. And so the, the person who had actually climbed all 14 peaks, uh, all of them himself, previously, uh, it took him 14 years. 14 years to climb all of those 14 peaks, over 8,000 meters. Nims Perja, who was someone, a climber who nobody had ever heard of, sought to do it in seven months. Climb all of those 14 peaks in seven months. And so he's on this journey, and, and the documentary that I watched uh, shows you this progression as he's climbing these different mountains and how strenuous and difficult it was. And he gets to the, the peak called K2. You may have heard of it. It's the second highest mountain in the world. And he arrives there at K2, and he gets to the base camp. And I didn't know this, but when climbers are seeking to, um, to climb a, a particular mountain, they camp out at the base of the camp. And so there's all kinds of tents among the rocky terrain. It doesn't look like much fun to me, but here they were. 20 to 30 people who had been trying to climb K2, but had been unsuccessful. A couple avalanches that had uh, not, killed some, not killed the climbers, but had really shaken them up. And they said, climbing K2 right now in these conditions is impossible. And they're very defeated, feeling hopeless, ready to give up. And you know, this was one of the things that they had committed their life to, was to, to go and climb this peak. But here comes Nims. He knew the path that was ahead of him, and he continued to strive ahead. And he comes to the camp, and he tells them how he's going to lead them, show them the way to climb this great peak. You know, one of the greatest desires we have as humans is to know that we are on the right path. Isn't that true? We like to know that we're on the right path. And we can tolerate a lot in life if we know that at least we're on the right path, at least we're going in the right direction. But when things get really hard, when there's great change and uncertainty it's pretty easy to get stuck at base camp. You know what I mean? We start to feel hopeless. We no, want, no longer want to strive forward on the path that's in front of us. And we can succumb to things like questioning. Should we even be on this path in the first place? Fear of saying, where is this path going to lead us? Sadness, saying this path is always the same. It never gets better. Things feel hopeless. Or maybe even anger. If what one person says is the right path is different from what we think is the right path, how common is that? But it's during these times that it's especially important that we need someone to lead us. Not just to tell us what to do, like we all would like, just tell me the right way. How often have you thought that when you're in a particular point of pain or difficulty in life? Just tell me what to do. Maybe you say that to God. Just tell me what to do, God. If I only knew what to do, just tell me what to do. We need someone not just to tell us what to do, but to show us. To demonstrate to us what it means to live with courage and conviction. To live with hope. To live, in fact, by faith. Something we, uh, that's most powerfully observed. Leaders then face a difficult task because they must strive ahead. Even when it doesn't make sense to the people around us, especially when it doesn't make sense. That's what it means to be a leader. These individuals show others what is possible 
in the face of difficulty, in the face of fear and uncertainty. So by this definition of leadership, Jesus is and was the greatest leader of all time because He was continually expanding people's ideas of what it meant to be God's people. In fact, at His own peril, He was expanding people's ideas. And He also modeled, this is the most important piece, don't miss this part, Jesus also modeled the behavior that He taught. Jesus modeled conviction and courage as he walked the path of obedience to God's will, even when he knew exactly the cost and the risk involved. He's continually telling his disciples that he was going to have to go where? Do you remember where? To Jerusalem. And what was going to happen there in Jerusalem? Was he going to get a welcoming party? And thanks for being God's servant and prophet. No, he was going to die. He was going to be humiliated. And he had told his disciples this many times. But we read in the text today that Jesus walked ahead. He knew with clarity what he needed to do. They went up to Jerusalem and the disciples had an idea of what was waiting for him there. Maybe they didn't get exactly the theological implications of what Jesus had been talking to them about, but they had seen the interactions. You know, if you're around conflict, you know what that feels like, right? You know the awkwardness. You can tell if somebody's having beef with another person. Well, the disciples were around Jesus every time that he was having conflict with the Pharisees and the religious leaders. So they kind of had an idea of what was uh, waiting for Jesus ahead. But they still couldn't accept what Jesus said needed to happen in Jerusalem. Two times he had said it explicitly. But for Jesus to be faithful to God, he needed to strive ahead on to the path of Jerusalem, to Jerusalem. A place where he would experience injustice, humiliation, pain, great vulnerability, and death. The disciples, they had a hunch that it wasn't going to be good. That's what we read in the text, that some were amazed. Look at how how much courage he has. Some were afraid, like, "What's what's going to happen? What's going to happen to our beloved rabbi? What's going to happen to us? So Jesus, He senses that they're having a difficult time and He's walking ahead and He stops and He pulls the disciples aside and He explains to them again for the third time, this is what needs to happen. This is my purpose. This is what I need to do. But still, they struggle. So Jesus walks ahead on the right path as He knew it to be. He walks ahead in faithfulness. And that's because Jesus knew that Jerusalem wasn't just the place of great pain and vulnerability. It was also the place where sin and death would be conquered. Jerusalem was about to be the exact place of hope and healing, of transformation and eternal life. None of that would have been possible if Jesus hadn't walked ahead. Jesus walked ahead because He knew His purpose And he knew and trusted in God's power and promises, even though he knew it was going to be difficult. Others tried to talk him out of it. So he knew even more so that he needed to strive ahead. Friends, we all want to know that we're on the right path. But it does feel hopeless. Hopeless. If we're seeking validation from people who aren't following Christ. If we're looking around and saying, who else is with us? We say, well, really, I don't see anybody who's 
walking in Christ-likeness, who's seeking to be obedient to Jesus to fulfill the, the Father's will. Or if we're expecting our leaders to lead us in Christ-likeness without pursuing Him ourselves, friends, that is hopeless. If we look to all the leaders of our community or our nation or world and say, well, will they lead us in Christ-likeness? Of course not. And if, we're, if that's our expectation before we'll commit our hearts fully to Christ and walk the journey to Jerusalem ourselves, then we are stuck at base camp. Jesus is the leader, the only leader, who strives ahead towards Jerusalem when we don't want to. The place of great pain and vulnerability, but also the place of transformation and hope. Jesus did what we're not able to do for ourselves. And He showed us the way to strive towards Jerusalem in faithfulness. Our Jerusalem the Jerusalem that we strive towards, that Christ is inviting us, encouraging us to strive towards, is the place full of vulnerability, full of risk, the place where our ego dies and our understanding of what is important to us, who we are, is reborn in the image of Christ. To know that we are a child of God. You know, we can't have that kind of transformation deep down into our bones unless we're willing to let some parts of us die. We can never experience that level of transformation without being willing to walk the path that Christ did. Our Jerusalem is the place beyond our own power, beyond our financial capacity or our, our education, our wisdom, our reasoning. Jerusalem is far beyond our own comfort. In Jerusalem, we experience the healing, the inner healing, the transformation, the power of God as a result, a a consequence of our faithfulness. So an example of your Jerusalem might be facing the end of your life with trust and hope that Christ is still there and will continue to guide you as you transition. My mentor says you're in heaven's waiting room. How much different is that than just dreading every day, I'm getting older, I'm getting older. Or facing illness with trust and hope that Christ will continue to be there and that life is more than our bodies and our well-being physically and even emotionally. That there's so much more to this life. Our Jerusalem might be dealing with hard change and accepting it and saying, Jesus, how can I be faithful to You during this time? Not faithful to myself. Our Jerusalem might just be simply to not stop following Jesus. To say, I'm going to double down on my time in prayer. Not stop praying because things are hard. I'm going to dive further into God's Word rather than saying, I just don't feel like reading Scripture today. Or coming to church or recommitting to coming to church rather than saying, well, I'm out of the habit now so I don't think I want to go anymore. Maybe our Jerusalem is re-engaging and hard relationship where it feels awkward. But you know that healing needs to happen, that you can't just be isolated from that person forever. Jerusalem for us is the place where we go beyond our comfort, where we enter into the space of vulnerability and risk. Where we start to step into God's potential, not just our potential. On the path to Jerusalem, we must keep our eyes on Jesus 
because He embodies what it takes. And He shows us the next steps. He embodies the courage. He shows us the compassion. We have to keep our eyes on Him because others might think it doesn't make sense. Again, we can't look to the people around us. We can't even look to our leaders to say, show us what it means to be Christ-like. They won't understand it. A clear example of this for me uh, in my past was when word was starting to get out that I was going to leave the golf course industry to become a pastor. And you have to understand that people who knew me in my previous life, that was a real shocker, okay? (laughs) Like a big time shocker. And my first boss in life, in the golf course I worked at, starting when I was 15 all the way till the time I was 26, I worked for him every summer during that time. So he knew me pretty well, right? At least the old me. He calls me randomly out of the blue. He had heard. (laughs) I hadn't spoken to him in years. And he calls me and he kind of chit-chats at first, you know, and then he says, so... Yeah, I heard you're thinking about being a pastor. And I said, yeah, that's true. And I told him, you know, some of the things that Jesus had done in my life. And he said, I want you to be really careful here. (laughs) I really want you to think about this. And I just was like, okay. First of all, man, you don't know me at all anymore. (laughs) But it was clear to me that, you know, from what I had seen in his life, and I I love the man, he, he, he really gave me multiple second chances in life. But it was clear to me that he did not follow Jesus. So if I were to listen to his input during that time, who knows how things would have turned out. Well, you know, he's probably right. It is risky. I am going to face many, many moments of humiliation. (laughs) It is going to be a hard, hard journey. I could have said that. But my aim was on pleasing Christ, not my old boss. Not my other friends at the time. Not the people who I knew wouldn't want to be my friends in the golf course industry anymore. Which, many. They can't relate to me anymore because I seek to please Christ, not them. Not, well, not you, sorry. I, Christ. <laughs> Hopefully those two will overline, right? <laughs> they overlap. Our faithfulness, our commitment to strive ahead after Jesus towards Jerusalem is what's most important in our lives. And this is what's exciting, is that our willingness to follow Christ on the path towards Jerusalem opens that path for somebody else. Because we embody the Holy Spirit. And they can see in you, wow, she's really growing in faith. I'm inspired by what's happening in that person's life. I can see and experience that Christ is real. That's what striving ahead towards Jerusalem can mean for us and for others. So NIMS, going back to this documentary, it's called 14 Peaks. NIMS and his team, they pressed on. Despite actually before they left, they were talking to the people in base camp and one person actually said, you know, you can't change the mountain. So I never said I was going to try and change the mountain. (laughs) They pressed on despite uh, being ridiculed and maybe even feeling humiliated at times. They pressed on. And instead of going during the day when everybody else was trying to go, they went up at night when the conditions were different. And they reached the top. They summited the mountain. And after they made it to the summit, 
24 climbers came after them because they fixed the lines. They put in the lines and they said, just go on this path. 24 climbers that had felt hopeless and discouraged, that were ready to give up, they were stuck at camp. They were able to ascend the mountain as well because he strove ahead on the path that was before him. Friends, following Jesus on the road to Jerusalem doesn't always make sense. It feels hard. It feels risky. But when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, when we push ourselves out of our comfort zone, not just stick our toe out there, that's when we experience the risen Christ. Only then. In this posture of following Jesus, this posture of being willing to put things on the line for Christ, that is the right path. The posture of following Jesus. Not any particular this way or that way. The posture of surrendering to Jesus in faithfulness is in fact the right path. Within the documentary, uh, the climber who had previously summited all those 14 peaks he chimed in, which was actually a big deal because so many people were critical of Nims in the way that he went about this great endeavor. That Reinhold Messner is his name. He was, uh, he's kind of the guru of mountain climbing. And he chimed in many times in support. Uh, and he says this, Most of us are forgetting that from the beginning of our life, we're approaching death. Life is absurd, he says. But you can fill it with ideas, with enthusiasm. You can fill your life with joy. And when the pain, listen to this part, when the pain is really forcing you to go down, you actually go up. And you're really on the edge of possibilities, on the edge of life and death. Christ continues to go up. He's not stopping. He's not going to change His purpose or His path because of our willingness to go with Him or not. He says in Luke chapter 13, Yet today, tomorrow, and the next day, I must go on my way because it is impossible, impossible for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. He knows what's at stake but he also knows the transformation that will happen there. Friends, Christ takes us to the edge of possibility, to the edge of life and death, the Jerusalem places of our lives. He doesn't just tell us to go. He doesn't just point us in the right direction and shove us off into the, into the unknown. He shows us how to walk in faithfulness, to strive forward toward healing and transformation towards eternal life trusting in the power that His sacrifice has made available to us. So the question becomes for us, what's your Jerusalem? What's that place that you're unwilling to go or that you just don't want to go, but you know you have to go? What's your posture within that space? And who are you looking towards for validation of whatever approach you've decided to take. Christ shows us the way to Jerusalem. He shows us what it means to live with courage and conviction. Not to not be afraid, 
but to press on, to strive ahead towards transformation and healing that comes from Christ alone. Amen. Let's just take... uh...